Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking out another episode of the Behind the Groove podcast. I am Basil Barrington. I'm DJ Keo. Thank you for joining us again. Yes. Okay, so DJ Keo, we had some homework this week. Let's talk about love, death, and robots. Overall, okay. what are your thoughts about this type of show? It's like seven-minute shorts from animation companies from all around the world. And it's led by uh, Tim Miller and uh, David Fincher, directors. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Miller did uh, Deadpool. David Fincher's done <laughs> Seven. All the genius movies that's been out for the last couple of years, right. mm -hmm. David Fincher's involved in. Gone Girl, one of my favorite movies. Uh, he's a brilliant director. And these guys got together because they were going to recreate the heavy metal uh comic book into an anime series do you do you know about the heavy metal comic book and the, even the movie that came out like in the 70s i do i mean i wasn't like a, a you know heavy comic book reader but i i do my cousin was a huge heavy metal sort of fan he we went to the movie together i checked it out that was uh a very wild for the time it was pretty wild you know we went to the theater to yeah, check yeah. that out too it was pretty wild for the time <laughs> And it was pretty uh, innovative, too, for the time, you know? Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, to put something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, to put something like that in the theater, that was pretty uh, That was pretty crazy. Yeah, well, this is what I think about Love, Death, and Robots. We spoke about this last week, how we think that mm. movie studios and theaters are done, right? What yeah. this does is this, this, um, this genre, not genre, but this format, it basically says, hey, these companies, these animation production houses, right? Now you have a vehicle to actually have your content up on like the number one streaming service, Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. So it's sort yeah. of disruptive, right? So it's just like, okay, we can do this. We don't have to like try to sell what we're trying to do to a huge movie studio. We can just submit these like little shorts and then take it from there. So I, you know, I like this here. I like this format. I think that's where, you know, because studios mm -hmm. and theaters are basically done, this is where like looking at new content is, it's all about streaming. So now these companies yeah. have the ability to go to these streaming companies and say, Hey, we have a product, take a look at it, get picked mm -hmm. up, get paid. Everyone eats. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I think that, Streaming services is definitely going to be the future here. L losing cinema for a year and a half was a huge change culturally for yeah. North America. And I can't speak for, you know, rest of the world because China is, still has movies going on right now. And they're like the bulk of the movie going. But like North America, it kicked the knees underneath the entertainment industry, and especially concerts, all that stuff. And even for us DJs, it, it like it knocked the wind out of us. So you had to go and create content and you need content as soon as possible. And, you know, this is a, a byproduct of that. We need content quick. And this is some cool stuff that we can kind of advertise our uh, animation houses and our studios and just showcase what we're capable of. And, you know, these, these short stories are, they're amazing. They're pretty yeah, amazing, about, like, aren't they? You have seven seconds to tell what you could tell in an hour and 30 minutes for a movie or a series of, you know, 10 shows or whatever. They get that down to seven seconds or, or seven, if you're seven H minutes. Or if you HBO, if you're HBO Max, 
a five-hour movie <laughs> down like you squish it down to seven minutes yeah. that's pretty cool seven minutes seven minutes they got everything in there you got your antagonists you got your heroes you got your story arc they did yeah. the world building they did everything in seven minutes this is it's phenomenal. pretty cool man pretty amazing um so we checked out the first two episodes of the second season of love death and robots um the first um, episode was something called uh, Animated Customer Service. Now, this is pretty wild. This is by um, the production company is called Meat Department. It's a French company. And if you go mm-hmm. to their Vimeo channel, man, they have a lot of amazing stuff. This, this mm-hmm. animation studio like Meat Department, again, out of France. Very interesting company. Very interesting concept, highly technical. It's all sort of animated stuff, just like automated customer service. What do you think about that episode? Which was I'll say this. Pretty amazing. <laughs> I'll say this. I love the story. The The skin textures and stuff was so creepy, but yeah. interesting. It was engaging. Like it felt like the designs of the people and not even the animals, but the designs of the people was so creepy. But I was like, I got to see what's going to happen next. So the storyline is uh, there's a robot uprising and uh, the people in this retirement village or town somewhere, it looks like Florida. (laughs) They (laughs) discover that the robots are going to kill everybody. And this old lady is in the, in her house with her cat in her vacuum machine. Mm. And yeah, she had a dog. The puffy. Oh yeah. It's a dog. Mm. Sorry. It's a dog. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So the, the premise is anything with computers and robots. I love just right off the bat. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was just, it was engaging. Like I could watch a movie of that, the whole thing, just uh, how the uprising started, where it came from, you know, it reminded me of, you know, cocoon. It kind of reminded do. me of, like the old people are just trying to make their way doing their thing. But like it, it had some cool vibes to it. I don't know. This is really interesting. Would you, would you think about the, the short i think that uh it sort of reminded me a little bit of um i robot with will smith mm-hmm. um you know just like robots taking over um yeah and that's yeah. basically what this was it was just like you know this woman she um this older woman and again this retirement assistant living community um <laughs> yeah. she was um trying to you know just i guess like just do some troubleshooting on her robot and it just you know went off because she pressed some like really weird buttons on the phone. And so it just started to attack her and basically wanted to kill her. Um, Yeah. So there are a lot of movies out there that sort of elude to the fact that robots could take over. I mean, once robots are included into basic life, then at some point Mm -hmm. they would be so smart. They would become so smart that they would eventually take over the world. Right. Right. And yeah. that's what this one was like in seven minutes. So <laughs> you know, to the, I, I the like that premise. The premise is usually for robots is that they they look at humans as being a virus or you know something that's out of control, and that you kind of got that vibe of the robots need to take over because of something like that. Yeah, you feel like humans are the problem in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the Matrix, the same concept. iRobot, similar vibe. The Invincible. Well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Invincible, so yeah. The same thing, uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. It's uh, isn't it weird that when you look at a lot of these movies and these shorts that speak about um, world domination and or world destruction, it's all mm-hmm. based on a world like you know here, um, just like the the people and everything that people are doing in power. It's just bad. So, you know, people have to come down or robots have to take over because humans, we're just like, we don't know what's going on. So, you know, a machine has to take over. So, yeah, is that, you know, when you <laughs> see a lot of stuff like that. It's almost like Minority Report. It's like, oh, like 10 years later, we have iPads and all this other stuff. Right. You ever watch a um, an Amazon show called Betas? Or I'm sorry, Betas. Betas. Betas? No, I don't think so. So betas is almost like Silicon Valley on HBO. It's like this tech startup, yada, okay. yada, yada. Oh, yada. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen Silicon Valley. I didn't know they had an offshoot on Amazon. Okay. And, and Amazon did it. And, you know, it's, it's done now because the, the, and they basically had a way to, you know, for, you know, you to get faster internet, you know, people to do things a lot faster. Mm-hmm. However, to get around that and to make this super fast, they had to create an algorithm that would basically you know, just basically destroy the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so when this thing was supposed (laughs) to go live, they were like, we can't do that because we would destroy the world. So they just, you know, canned it and everything else. I think that stuff like that, um, is it possible? Sure, it's possible. I mean, we're talking about programming. We're talking about code. We're talking about software. Sure, something like that is possible. Something can go crazy, you know? So um, that was a pretty interesting episode. What do you think about... um, just how the assisted living community was, you know, people there sitting down, everything automated. was controlled by, it was completely automated. Um, what do you think that says about like, you know, getting old, growing old and moving into, <laughs> moving into <laughs> well, these like though. assisted facilities? It's kind of like Wally, where, you know, the, you got to you have the robots to do all the heavy lifting for you and do all the basic stuff for you to live your life, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not that far away from it. I say 20, 30 years, maybe they're going to have some kind of robots. The, I don't know if we're still doing Moore's Law. I, I think it, it kind of failed a couple of years ago. But, mm. you know, transistors and computer chips are doubling in, in power for the last couple of decades. And they've gotten pretty powerful. And, you know, they've gotten pretty fast. So... The advancements in robots, like you see, you could see um, the Boston Dynamics stuff. Yeah, the, the stuff they're doing with DARPA with the the dog. Yeah, they were using that for the pan- pandemic. Yeah, there you and people pay, they panicked and complained, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're stop using the dog. Like, but that thing is creepy. But it's there already. Like, it's almost there. The thing could flip over. It could retrieve stuff. It's got you know, same thing like your. Uh, your drones mm-hmm. or people fly around with drones from DJI. Like it's got the, the sensors to tell how close you are to something. It's kind of getting a 3d sense of it. Even, yeah. you know, I, we were talking about Xbox before we started recording, but Xbox had a camera that they put on top of your TV mm-hmm. that kind of gives you a 3d sense of your room. And it can kind of tell where you are and the camera will move around. And iPad is doing similar stuff like that. Like, we're not that far away no, from actually needing something like that or that even becoming a reality. Like I think iRobot is the the tail end of 30 years from now, but mm-hmm. still 
from where we are today, it half of your life is controlled by the cloud. Honestly, if you think about it, your yeah. your, your <laughs> date book, your like, Jeff Bezos and Amazon AWS. Forget about it. I'm telling you, he has like crazy yeah, control. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you listen to. Uh, there is a um, some, like just a sci-fi sort of production company. And also mm. a YouTube channel. They also have a channel on um, Roku's live TV as well called Dust. And um, okay. they also have a podcast. And they have a podcast called uh, one of the episodes of the one of the seasons of the podcast is called Crystalis. And it's mm. about an AI. You know, it's about a uh, like some sort of a military mission, but a, a ship sort of a spaceship just sort of falls apart or, you know, just goes bad. And this AI inside the ship repairs it and starts building all of these other sort of like defense ships around it. And he, this, the AI is just setting sort of like setting things up so that other AI can run all this stuff. And then the next mm -hmm. thing you know, they have this like huge sort of like battle force in space. And they're like, you know, attacking other sort of like countries. I mean, other planets and things like that. It's a very interesting podcast. And um, super it's dude, I started right listening to it. It's 14 episodes or 16. And I started listening, yeah. listening to it. And I was like, oh, I had to like, you just had to go to the next one and the next one and the next mm -hmm. one. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. So yeah, I'm going to send you a link about that. But just yeah, wrapping, just right wrapping up. Yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. <laughs> just wrapping up the uh, Love and Robots. Uh, I'm sorry, Love, Death and Robots. Season mm -hmm. two, episode number one, automated customer mm -hmm. service. What sort of rating would you give it? Um, I I love the story. I would mm -hmm. say at least a nine or a eight out of ten. I love I love the story. This is fascinating. Now it it is grotesque looking, yeah, and and kind of wild. So, mm -hmm. but I still I still rate it high. I thought it was great. I thought it was me really too. Good. I, it, I it actually set the, um, it set the tone for the show. Yeah. I gave it a nine. I really like it. I like the, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I like the tech behind how it was made. Um, I also like the, uh, the tech story. Um, mm -hmm. I also like the, uh, the story of evolution, you know, just in terms of maybe it's 2050 or 2060. And this is how yeah. things look like in these sort of like assistant living communities and, you know, people sleeping on golf carts and, and things of that nature. And, uh, I gave it a nine. It was pretty cool. I think that is more realistic about the overthrow of the, the planet from robots. Yeah. It's going to be your vacuum cleaner. It's not going to be uh, <laughs> I, I vacuum or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a vacuum cleaner. It's not going to be and, uh, Arnold in the T-800 body or whatever. We also watched the second episode. This episode... Um, this was this was pretty interesting. This is um I, I sort of like this um I like this style of animation. You know, what do you think about? Mm -hmm. First of all, what was the second episode Ice all about? So it's about this family that is on another colony on a, a different planet, and they're I guess it's a kind of a farming planet. Right. They farm ice, or they they're getting some kind of minerals out of the ice, mm -hmm. and it's telling the story of the kids from the family that works there on this ice facility. And the thing that was really interesting about it is because the kids, one of the kids is augmented to be able to live in this environment 
and the other one chose not to. He was unmodded. Yeah, he's unmodded. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. you can see, like, uh, one kid's got a, a coat on, and he's super cold, and the other one's got a T-shirt on. He got, you know, he got just a regular tank top on, and is running on the in the ice where everyone's shivering or freezing. Right. And you know, like, it's kind of a, a tale of the have and have nots in society, yeah. mm-hmm. where you look at there's a society where. Because they had like people who weren't working that are living on this planet, they're just on the side of the road, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have these kids that are, I guess, they're the haves. They're part of the families that uh, that have there, and you know they're all augmented and they're just playing games out there on on the field. I the story is kind of cool because it kind of it gives you the idea of like you can overcome stuff, you know, depending on determination and you know like your your struggle you can overcome things you don't need to have things to make it happen it's mm-hmm. about how hard you work and how bad you want it so i i thought that overall is a, a good interesting take on that kind of uh, story what what did you think about it what did you what did you think about the the episode um this is a uh, another episode of the love death and robots again this is called ice I really like it. Like I said, I like that style of animation. It's almost like it's punkish, you know, it's, it's sort yeah. of cool. Um, the way the, the, the people in the uh, series were shaped, you know, I mean, it, re- it reminds me of that Zemo one from season, season one. I think it's blue Zemo or something like I gotta that. I got to check that out. I got to check That's, that out. It's, it's, it's kind of similar into that vibe. This is a uh, Robert Valley. He was the showrunner. Um, and also, um, they had a few writers here. Uh, Tamila was like one of the, uh, writers as well. I guess he's doing everything. <laughs> I think they, him and Fincher executive produced everything. Wow. That is amazing. It's, it's their baby. I want to know. Yeah. So I thought this was actually pretty cool. Very interesting. Very intriguing. Also, um, you know, very, there was a rebellion, um, re- you know, about it, you know, just teenagers doing something that they were not supposed to do. Um, but here's the thing. So when the unmodded, you know, brother was, you know, just hanging out with the brother who was, you know, just enhanced and they came upon these, you know, their friends, they were like playing hacky sack and they were just all up in the air. It was like crazy. Right. So how did yeah, they yeah. know that this guy who was not unmodded, who was unmodded, how did they know he was a modder? It was it because he had a jacket on? Because these people I living think, in the code, they didn't have any jackets on or anything like I that. I think they knew, they knew that that's his brother or something like that. I, I okay. think most likely they probably talked. I don't know. I, I don't know if it could be like a plot hole. I'm not sure. I I have to rewatch it, but like, I think they kind of knew that who was they knew who the brother was. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that they just knew that the other guy was too. That he tagged they, along. This is, um, it kind of feels like sometimes with these Love, Death, and Robots um, um, shows that maybe Netflix is saying, oh, you know what, that's a good show right there. Let's make that into an animated series. I think that this Ice Mm -hmm. could be an animated series, right? I think that they can do a season or two, you know, and just sort of like expand it out a little bit because it's sort of interesting, like, you know, how did these people get here? What is ice, you know, and, and why are we mm-hmm. mining this? You know, I mean, that seems like that would be a really compelling sort of like show to watch. I want to see more of this. I hope they do more of this sort of ice episode because 
it was really cool. I mean, again, like I said, I like that style of animation. That is like, it's, it's so, if when you look at anime and sometimes, you know, you, you get the sort of regular stuff like the teenager, yeah, like yeah. Uh, 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 doing all that stuff, you know, like crying. <laughs> it's just like, oh my goodness. Okay, here we go with the person, you know, with the laughter and everything. But yeah, this sort I, of um, I like people being cool. Do cool stuff. Like and, and we this need that. Is, this an this animation is sort of edgy. You know, I like that. It's an edgy mm-hmm. sort of uh, style of animation. I like that. So I was immediately into it. Immediately intrigued. I mean, you know, you had these like weird sort of like wells or whatever they were called, just popping yeah, up like, out of the ice. Um, yeah. And uh, like, it was, I, I think it was that- cool. Part of the the lore for the love, death, and robots thing is that all of these things I could actually watch. Yeah. If they turn into some kind of series, I would watch them. Yeah. A lot of I don't, there's very few that I was like I'm not I'm not that interested in them, but like it was still the story is compelling enough that I would want to finish. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, like they had a lot of good episodes in season one. They had one about they, these guys are on a planet and there's like a mad invasion, and you know, like just. The little stuff like that, I could watch. Like all this stuff was right up my alley. And I could totally watch a whole series on it. Like all this stuff was mad cool. I, I love it. I love the sci-fi element. I love the robot stuff. I, I left. I definitely love the space stuff. And you know, we, yeah. we'll talk about some the later episodes as well. But definitely the each of the universes that they've created in these little shorts. I wish that they get some more love and maybe they can expand upon it on Netflix. You know, I, I even watched, uh, and you can, the thing about the Love, Death, and Robots is you can just jump around, you know, because they're all sort hey. of like, you know, their own sort of thing. So that was pretty cool. I did end up watching like the third uh, show, which was um, a show called uh, Pop Squad. Um, yeah, which was, kids. That was dark and depressing. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> that was when I, we'll talk about that at another time, but you know, and then yeah, there's yeah. another one later on down, like the last episode as well. All this stuff, man, it's pretty cool. Okay. So check it out. Ice from love, death and robots. This was the season two, the second show. How do you rate it? Uh, I give it a 7.5. Um, I like the story. I want to know more about that world, but you know, you're, you only got seven, six or seven minutes to do stuff. So you gotta, right. you have to cut and get right to the point. But yeah. I, I definitely want to see more of that world. Like I want to know why they're there, where are they farming, you know, what are these people doing that? Why'd you get augmented? All that kind of stuff. I want to know what's earth like back home. Right. That's one of the things about avatar that was interesting is that, you know, you got to see what Earth was like in the extended mm-hmm. cut. It's like right. a five hour long movie, but like you got to see what Earth is like and why people would even bother going to this Pandora type um, planet. Mm-hmm. And it's same thing here. Like, there, why on Earth would people leave, you know, your home planet to go to this place that seems unhospitable? Like, what makes you want to do something like that? So I wish they expanded the universe. So what did you think about it? I gave it a six and mostly for the same reason they sort of started the, the show almost like in the middle of something, right? It's, it's just like, mm-hmm. again, I felt like I, um, a lot was missing, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, what is ice? Why do they need it? Right. Why are these yeah. people here? How did they get here? Right. How did they get 
outside of, you know, this area where they lived onto this like ice sheet. I mean, like it seemed like there was a lot of stuff missing, which makes Mm. me hope that they may think about expanding this a little bit because, you know, they sort of came in the middle somewhere and showed us this like little seven or eight minute, like, you know, short film. So that's why I gave it a six. I mean, I, again, I like the animation style. I would watch this if it were a series or a movie. I think they have to give us more, which is why I gave it a six. Yeah. Could you see any of these shows like being a live action version or it needs to be animated? Um, I I think ice would probably, um, have to be in my, you know, just my thought. I think ice would have to remain animated. I think you could do something with, automated customer service um that would be a mm-hmm. huge production though i mean yeah, because you're talking <laughs> i mean you're <laughs> talking about bringing in these animated things and also using technology and sort of yeah, like it'll be expensive code and everything and uh it would yeah, be yeah. really expensive to do something like that because i can't imagine like i don't even know how much a, a movie like um irobot costs but i think that yeah. was like a really Beast. expensive movie you know at least 150 because it came out a while ago like yeah the inflation hit the studios and now everything starts at 200 mm-hmm. but like a movie like i Robot is like at least 120 150 million i think yeah that's um wow that's <laughs> that is everything starts at 200 now everything before that everything. i think the a titanic and maybe lord of the rings was like to i think lord of the rings was like 230 i can't remember i can't remember exactly see that seems but pretty it, cheap to me like irobot well, costing about 150 million that seems like very inexpensive yeah but you know the, the, what they could do back then was very limited to there's no limits today there's zero yeah, limits that's you true. can do whatever it's you true. want mm-hmm. and it's gonna look as good and as real as what it would have been if it was practical so I mean, th- what you're capable of now, it kind of makes people think that, well, we can make a volcano. Let's put a volcano in there. What the hell? Another <laughs> 20 million. Just go for it. Like, Okay, here you go. Here's a bag for you. Just do that for me. I'll leave you guys yeah, here yeah. for a couple of weeks to build that out <laughs> for me. There you have it, folks. Another episode of the Behind the Groove podcast. I'm Basil Barrington. I'm DJ Keo. Thank you for watching. Yes, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace. All right.